Amen, amen. In this slot of us walking through 2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians, this passage I'd like to tag, 110% kingdom investment. 110% kingdom investment. Let's go before the God of heaven. Father, we thank you for being our God and being the only true and wise God who has um, since before the foundation of the earth beat us at giving. Lord God, and we in no way, shape or form are trying to catch up. Uh, I think the Bible just wants us to say thank you. And so God, help us to say thank you because we'll never catch up. It's not even a contest between us and you uh, because you have been eternally good to us beyond measure through Christ. And so, Lord God, today, as we nurture our hearts and minds and wrap it around kingdom investment, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength, our redeemer, in whom we trust and help us uh, to be recipients who hear and do the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Yeah. Amen. You may be seated. Um. <clears throat> uh, a young man <clears throat> uh, started uh, growing and going to church. He had gotten saved and he gotten baptized and he started to grow. And as he began to grow, you know, he was, he, he had finished college and he had finished college and as he finished college, he <clears throat> started his own business and had multiple streams of income, a multifaceted portfolio. Um, he uh, just began to allow himself to be discipled. He was in life group. He was spoken well of by the community. And at a certain point, the young single ladies in the church began to take notice of him. <laughs> he wasn't just spiritually fit. He was physically fine. <laughs> and his fineness went on steroids because of his spiritual growth and his submission. He got into the point where he got deacon status, and so he was serving and willing to do so many things. And so one of the young ladies in his life group caught his eye. And when this young lady caught his eye, he thought she was fine on all levels, spiritually and everything. He, he was happy and he started to try to pursue her. And the ladies around him said, girl, you dumb if you don't marry him. And, um, and so he started pursuing her and she said no. And um, he tried to holler again. She said, no, he talked to the other brothers. Is he doing something wrong? He's trying to get all the counsel he can and trying to be a godly guy. And her issue was no, she was attracted to him, um, but, 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 but she kept saying no. And the reason why she couldn't, uh, she, she basically was like, I don't necessarily like him like that. Uh, and, 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 and everybody was around and said, what is it about him to like? And some of her friends said, I know what it is. And she said, what, since y'all know me so well? <laughs> and she said, well, I think you've had so many bad experiences with men, it's hard for you to see a good one. And sometimes it's like that with the church, is that when we have so many bad experiences, when God presents to us an opportunity to have a healthy experience, uh, not in a perfect community, but in a growing community, it's hard to even see it. And in the area where it's most defiant with all of us is in the area of giving. <clears throat> We've seen giving molested so much in how uh, people talk to you about giving, um, all of the different ways. We don't even have to go into the different stats and dispositions 
about giving because to be honest, um, we all of us have seen unhealthy ways of giving. And so now our desire as we grow as a church in giving, grow as a church and continuing to walk in what we call being full support. Epiphany became uh, sort of full supported a few years ago and still trekking along and pressing with the Lord in these opportunities. And so we come to a passage where uh, I love it that we're doing this expositionally and it's not necessarily a stewardship series. It's just going through the Bible and here we are in a text on giving. And so in light of that reality, I I want us to frame our minds about investment. Somebody say, investment. I want, I, want, I want God to, a few things in Epiphany that I've always wanted from the beginning, I think we went the wrong direction with. First, we went the wrong direction with worship. <laughs> we thought that open, expressive worship was seen as ignorant, and we sort of downed that. Well, we out of that phase now, amen? Amen. 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 Some of y'all are like, ah, amen, amen. <laughs> um, so if somebody shout and run, y'all all right, all right? Oh, I'm going to have to do a series on praise again. All right, here we go. (laughs) In its role um, to set you free in Jesus' mighty name. Um, There's power in it. But I think giving, because we we didn't invest in giving and talking about giving, I think, enough in a healthy way or talk about it. I think we actually, in not talking about it or talking about it and almost, I'm apologizing for even talking about giving, it's such an unbiblical way because when you look at God, when he asks people for stuff in the Bible, when you look at the prophets, the apostles, and uh, Jesus, <coughs> as he asks for different things, and as things are asked for, because of who it's for, you should never have to apologize for asking people to honor God with their resources. Oh, it should have been a big old amen right there. Y'all just afraid of what's going to be the process of this message. I need y'all to come on in with me um, and, 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 and help me preach this message. Amen. And so, and, so, and so I got two points for you, and then I promise I'm out of your way. Number one, number one, in uh, uh, 100% kingdom investment, 110% in kingdom investment, number one, Yahweh uh, blesses generous giving. He blesses <clears throat> generous giving giving. I, I, I know that's simple, but I think it's important for us to internalize. Somebody say internalize. <laughs> look, at what the, look at what the word says in verse 6. It says, to this, to, to, uh, uh, the point is this. Paul says, all I've been trying to say is this. I mean, he's like, okay, let me stop beating around the bush and let me say what I really want to say. Okay, he says, the point is this. <clears throat> Whoever sows sparingly will also uh, reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. This is a beautiful idea in relation to sowing and reaping. He uses agricultural analogies to really show how beautifully connected uh, 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 the people of God financially given and resource giving to the kingdom affects them and their lives in particular. And, and, And that's a very, very important thing that we need to zoom in on is that simply if you don't give anything or you give very little, you can expect to not get much in return. In other words, the point of the text is there is a return. Now, in talking about that return, I want to be careful that we don't make giving some type of some sort of triumphalistic parade where when you give, you're just giving in a way that's only about what you'll receive. Because the spirit of this text, as we'll see later, is not just the reaping that will happen in your own resources that God will do, but then the reaping of the original reason 
behind why you sold the resource anyway. Are you tracking with me? And so if you, if you don't give a lot, guess what? You don't receive a lot of, of, of what we would call harvest, which I do believe that God provides financial harvest for people when they give. Let me say that again. I know that's shocking to hear that at Epiphany Fellowship, but there is, based on this text, a harvest that comes. If you don't, if you don't sow anything, listen, my wife used to do, um, I, like, she don't do it as much anymore, but she had these little, what you call those things, those basins you put all of your little tomatoes in, and, and yeah, the pots, yeah, the little pots, yeah, the pots. Yeah, and, and then she had, she had cucumbers, and she had um, uh, 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 basil. I used to love when I make, uh, I used to make this, uh, this smoked gouda basil and tomato omelet, just a veggie omelet, it's nice. And I could go outside and I'd snatch a little bit of basil off the tree outside, nice little organic, wash it off, and, and the aromatic expressions of it would come on up and it be on my fingers all day, smelling like spices all day. And, 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 I, and, I, and I love that, but what, what, was, what was wonderful is watching my wife go out there and do the work of uh, putting the proper soil in there, getting the proper seeds and making sure that she was caring for it and watering it. And then we got to experience the benefit of what was sown. The same principle lies in giving. A, a, a way to make it even clearer is Jesus, Jesus does a fantastic job in, and he does it at everything, but in laying this out, it's beautiful what he says in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. You don't have to turn there. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field that a person found and hid. Then, because of joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Then it says again, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he found a pearl of great value, he went out and sold everything he had and bought it. What is Jesus talking about the kingdom? He says the kingdom is so valuable that when you come across the kingdom, it's worthy of every single thing that you have. In other words, the kingdom is God's comprehensive rule over all creation. The way God developed the kingdom is he saves people <clears throat> gives them kingdom resources, nurtures their hearts based on spiritual growth to begin to, with that spiritual growth and with those resources, that their heart's disposition towards how much they value the kingdom causes them to say, I want to participate. Listen, there are things that God won't do until God's people release resources. Let, let, let me say that again. There are things that God just will not do because he is the mechanism. We are the mechanism by which his sovereignty moves through in order for us to respond to the call of ministry or whatever we're called to do in order to give that thing. Just like when Pastor Larry and Sister Harriet went to Malawi and they came back and they said, I think we should partner with these folks. And as they began to work with them and get a heart for them, it wasn't, it wasn't even, we, we didn't even really think about the money if you remember we didn't the, the money really wasn't the issue when you think back to that opportunity all we heard was some girls was walking two hours to, uh, to, uh, to and they were getting uh, uh, accosted by men to go to school and so they needed a school in their village and this village and this opportunity would be a great opportunity not only for them to go to school but would provide so many other things and they want to do ministry and we 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 was we looked so at the opportunity we looked so at the ministry to those girls we looked so at that it was like what giving was just like an outgrowth of a kingdom heart <laughs> 
And see, that's what we're talking about here. When we look at when Pastor Doug was our first resident, and, and, we, was, and we was looking at, uh, we, we, we had him around, he was acting all crazy and being who Pastor Doug is, we wanna invite him to preach so you can remember how crazy he is. And, 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 and his heart for Camden, him and Angel and, and his boys. <coughs> and as they came over, and he began to preach, and he began to shepherd different ones of you. <clears throat> you developed a heart for him, and you loved him to life. All of a sudden, when he received the call to go to Camden and began going to Camden, you didn't really think about the money. You thought about Camden. See, that's the goal of this. The goal of sowing is thinking about the return that comes out in the kingdom through you giving to that particular thing. And so, however, in the midst of that, God set the thing up. So not only does the kingdom opportunity get blessed, but as you, as a part of being a kingdom representative, get blessed. This, see, that's like some extra extra right there. And, that, and that's what I love about this is it, it, God could have just left it like this. Man, just give and that's it. <clears throat> he could have just said, just give and the blessings in just giving. But God boomerangs that thing, right? And so I think this is beautiful for us to look at as it relates to this idea of sowing and reaping. Look, look at what it says. But then... He, he, he tethers it to make sure that we have the right heart in it. Look what it says in verse 7. He said, each one must give as he or she has decided in his or her heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This word reluctantly means sad. It literally means in the lexicon, dag. <laughs> My additive to that, but it, it almost, the, the point of it is, man, I, I, all right, okay, I'll give. It's like, wow. Um, it, you know, you know it's, it's almost like, you know, we, we had our, our youngest two 10 months apart, which is a blessing and a challenge at times. <laughs> Because when one of them got something, the other one could have a great blessing in their hands at that particular time. But I don't know what it is about when the other one gets it in their hand that they think they want it. Or one of them has something for a really, really long time, and we already told both of them to share. And so we said, I'll say, Ephraim, share. He was like, Ur. And I say, son, you had it for an hour. Give it to your sister. And then when he finally gives it to his sister, he's like, hmm. <laughs> In other words, he gave it, but he didn't want to give it. That's the spirit of the text here. The spirit of the text is being a bratty child who gives because they have to, not because they want to. And, and, and the spirit of Scripture is, and what's beautiful about how Paul set this up is he set it up with the Macedonian church. He set it up with a church that didn't really have it to give, but gave bountifully because they wanted to participate in kingdom giving because they saw the opportunity as bigger than what they had in their wallets. If you don't, it's, it's difficult to give if you don't have the maturity to see the opportunity. <laughs> you have to have the maturity to see good soil, and when you see good soil, <clears throat> sow into it. If you believe <laughs> Epiphany Fellowship is good soil, sow into it. If, if, you, if, you, if you believe that and what we, God has called us to do here, I, I want to employ you to give and to give generously to it. Um, because um, one of the things that <clears throat> my wife and I experienced extraordinarily, we're from up this way, but when we went to, when we went to the South, we were, <clears throat> we were blown away just by resource ministry. I mean, 
the way believers, not, not just the amount of resources they have, but the, the liberal delivery of wanting to share their resources was something that, to be honest, we had never experienced in our life. I can remember when my wife had one bout with cancer, and uh, these white folk we just met, brothers and sisters of Christ, all we know is we got the same blood type. We don't look nothing alike. They let us use their car. I'm like, they don't know us. They don't know if we're coming back. We can just keep on going. And go on, go on to Philly. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, it was crazy. They filled this. I mean, I'm like, Dad, they, they gave us the keys to their car. You know what I'm saying? Like, who does that? You know, but their heart was, I mean, if you saw their heart for ministry, all they saw was they saw us called the Philly, and they said, we want to participate in saying before the throne of God that we sowed that way. And so, and so just that disposition of giving, and as Epiphany Fellowship even began to get planted, people were like, I want to sow because I hear about. It's that Pauline type thing. I hear about what God, not about me, and it's what the opportunity for God to do something. And that, that's what giving is about. Giving is saying, God, I want to participate in the opportunity to get some stuff done for the kingdom. Let me just, get, let me just put something out here, a disclaimer for you. Don't complain about gospel ministry and the church if you don't give. Don't tell me that the church are hypocrites. Don't tell me nothing, all right? Uh, 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 unless you are investing in our hypocrisy quotient decreasing, then don't tell me nothing, all right? Because what happens is, is we, we need to be a community that participates deeply in the call of God and the beauty of what he's called us to do. He, it, it says not under compulsion. Uh, not under compulsion means troubled in giving. You know, uh, uh, nothing but obligation or this is what I got to do. But it says, God loves a cheerful giver. One of my favorite, well, let me, um, how can I frame this? Um, I have a guilt, I got a pleasure. I love the Martin show. I love Martin, I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes. Leave me alone, y'all, leave me alone. Y'all got something y'all do too. Um, and um, one of his episodes, he, he Gina been waiting for him to propose to her. And he finally, some of y'all already know. He finally proposed to her. He said, I'm not going to say the last word he said. He said, but um, he said, Gina, will you marry me? And she's like, this is what I've been waiting for all my life, for the man of my dreams to propose to me. And you couldn't come up with something better than that. That's the same disposition we're talking about in giving under compulsion. Giving because you feel like you have to, not because you want to. There's this extraordinary video, you gotta watch it, of this dude proposing to this girl down, I think Baltimore, DC. Oh, she DC, they DC, that's how DC do. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do, <laughs> you know. And so, <clears throat> you know, he set his daughter up to go into the restaurant, call this girl, she came out, he said, will you marry, she broke all that, ha, 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 she crying, and everything going on, and then they go out, he said, all right, but this ain't it, girl, go, she go, swish her off, boom, she get in the car, she's like, where I'm going, oh my goodness, where I'm going, and then he get her hair done, all her girls are there, they post it up in the hotel room, she put on a dress, boom, they go downtown somewhere, boom, all of the family there, she just starts praising God, hallelujah, and you know how, you know, stuff, jumping up and down, and everything, and, and, and go in, and everybody like, and she get married. She's like, God has blessed me. She going all like this. Hey, you know, I mean, in other words, you know why that's, you know why that's great? Because it took thought. 
It took thought. It took thought and investment because he valued her enough to go through loops to make sure that she knew that he was serious about marrying her. What I want to say is in the text, giving is showing God how serious you are about him. This is how serious I am, Lord. I'm so serious about it is that I'm going to pause when I get my check and I'm going to say thank you. When I get my direct deposit or if I pay myself, I'm going to say thank you, living God. I'm going to say bless you, hallelujah, because you didn't have to do it. Listen, he could stop a check or two. He could, he could pinch the bank account of the company you work for or the business you work for for nothing to show up. So don't think that a God isn't in control of every single cent that comes in your sphere. <laughs> we ought to be thankful. Last but not least, second point, and I'm out your way. Yahweh longs. Oh, I love this point. Even when I wrote it, it just, I just sensed God's presence. <laughs> Yahweh longs to increase your giving capacity. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, reading and just studying and drawing out the principles in the text here, he, just, he longs to increase your giving capacity. That's what the reaping is about. <laughs> Let me show you. Look at, look at verse 8. It says, and God is able. Stop there. Able is the word for power. <coughs> that, that's the word. It, it, the Bible didn't even translate it power. It just, it focused on the verbal aspect of it, of God's might and ableness to do stuff. And so, in, in pointing to the fact that God is able to make, this, this is beautiful, all grace abound to you. Check that out. G God loves and like he is passionate about flagrantly throwing unmerited favor your way. Oh, God help me today. I wish I had a charismatic church. Um, I, 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 I'm just letting you know. Listen, God, God loves to bless you. Like I want you to get out of this sort of total depravity mindset focus. Oh, that I'm so dirty and I'm nothing. Now you're saved so that you wouldn't be that no more. So he's placed, but, but <coughs> see, most of us believe God just loved to save us, but not to do anything with the salvation that he's given us. See, here is God saying, I, I, I want to harness my saving grace on your life and flagrantly throw just favor on you. Uh, uh, um, uh, it says to, to make it abound to you. In other words, uh, some translate it super abound or really to go above and beyond to overflow with more than you need. So, uh, and and that's, that's what the Lord loves to do. He loves so that, why? All sufficiency that you may, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. In other words, God loves to provide for his people. God loves to not just make sure that your bills are paid, but he also loves to superabound you with a whole lot of resources so that the overflow of those resources can go into you already in having a heart for the kingdom. He can give you more of a heart for the kingdom. So, so in other words, <coughs> as, so, so that means you don't wait until you get money to give. Now, now, now all of us have gotten money before, okay? But, but most of us don't think we got money until we got money. You know the difference. You know, you feeling lean. I can't get, but you know, when you, you know, like, I got a little something in the back. You know how you walk a little different? You know how you walk a little different? After you paid the bills, you got a lot of little left, and you get to walk a little bit, and you can breathe, and you can feel real good. You, that's, that's, you, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like that little, but, 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 but the test 
is when you don't have much. And, in the, and, and not having much saying, in your heart, you have this longing to participate. And you're saying, in the longing that I had to participate, I'm going to now, where I am financially, make some sacrifices financially and watch the Lord provide. I'll never forget my first ministry job. I'll never forget it. I was working like two, three jobs. I can't even remember. I was working at a marketing firm. I was working in uh, South Dallas, and I was working at a church. And then I went down to, I think it was just two at that point. Uh, I just remember I had a whole bunch of jobs in a very, very short period of time because I needed some resources to take care of this young lady right here. Amen. Praise God. Um, and I had to pay, and so I needed, I needed, I needed, like we needed a miracle because it was, we was in a situation where I was like, God, I'll just get a full-time job like this and a part-time job and work like that. And God made sure that none of that worked out. Like I was going to be a social worker and work us through seminary. God said, I'm not going to do it that way. And I was like, can you like make me feel more comfortable? Like I, I, I'd like to really, to be honest, not be in this startup phase for like a decade. So can you, in the mighty name of Jesus, like, help me? Because I saw this job, it was making 60. This was like in the mid-90s. Making 60 in the mid-90s, Platt Oaken was Luke. You understand what I'm saying? So I was like, God, she could work to 60. Boom, we could knock out this undergrad there. Pow, we could do this. I can get that ring. I was planning it out, everything. God was like, nope. <laughs> and so he said, you're going to work these two jobs, and you're not going to have enough, and you're going to have to give sacrificially, and I'll take care of the rest. And I was just like, that is not the plan. Like, I'm looking for, like, that's the pinch we were in. And my, my wife ended up getting sick, couldn't work anymore. So I was like, dang, there go that money. You know, I got, you know, and, 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 and I was like, don't, never cease to give. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give. You've been good to us. We just kept giving. And to be honest, we had budgets and lines and, but she's shaking her head. She, you know, I don't know how our entire master's degree, two people working on their master's degree together, got paid. I still don't even understand the five fishes and loaves and things that God worked out. I don't, how we ate, like people, people were spontaneous. And I'm not saying like, God, you gotta, God gotta call you to live like, you can't just say, I'm gonna do that. Cause you know, that sounds like a way to live and I'll not work, but I was working. So I just want to help those out who try to, you know how you do, you know. Laziness ministry. That, that's, that wasn't what we, I was working. So I just want to, you know, because some of y'all are like, ha, huh, I feel God right there. That's, that's what I've been looking for. That's not, no, that's not, I'm not saying that. That was for a season. Somebody say season. season. Woo! Season, season, season. <clears throat> People would spontaneously bring us groceries. We could go to this place and pick out all, they said, come here, go in this place and pick out whatever clothes you want. I was like, word? I mean, it's just all types of things. In other words, God would meet us in our sowing in ways, but it wasn't really the money he was working on. See, if you, I'm just telling you, if you think God's working on the money, you've missed it. He's working on your heart. He's working on your mind. He's working on your faith. Because then when you actually get it, you've been trained. You've been trained to be generous. And then therefore, you can be generous. You, because you've been, don't think because you got more, you are being generous. Ah, help me today. You, generosity starts with not having much. 
What makes it generosity is the willingness to see the sacrifice that it takes to give it even though you don't have it. And so, and so, and so that's the beauty of, of this thing. And so that's why I say, he says, as it is written, he has distributed freely, has given to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. This is powerful. <laughs> so what he's saying is, is not that giving causes you to be righteous. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that when you give, when you invest in kingdom opportunities, God will cause that kingdom opportunity to show off the glory of the righteousness in Christ that you already have. Let me see if I can make it plain. So if you, if you look over at Psalm 37, it said, do not fret because of evildoers. This is, dwell on that and cultivate faithfulness and, 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 and do good. And then it goes down and he says, and if you hold on, I will shine forth your righteousness as the noonday. What does that mean? The point is, is that the thing that you've been waiting for me to do in that passage, I'm going to show it off for everybody to see and honor the fact that I've been with you through the process. And so what God is saying here and the beauty of this in relation to this idea of this harvest of righteousness that endures forever, it points to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 around to the 16th verse, where it talks about the fact that we, um, as we give and as we uh, develop and get rewards, heavenly rewards that we ultimately will throw at the Lord's feet, it will endure as a reward for eternity. And guess what? When you give, you maximize your opportunity to have eternal harvest to give to the Lord and more to throw at his feet. Therefore, more to throw at his feet. Therefore, more to see at his feet for eternity. Can you imagine watching your kingdom investment at Christ's feet for eternity? For, for eternity. For eternity. And lastly, he says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous. That's what he said. He'll enrich you as you are generous to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. He says, for the ministry of this service is, is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in thanksgiving to God. So when we give, it is not only that it goes to what we give to specifically, but ultimately it's an offering to the Lord. So now we have to remember that reality is that our generosity is an offering to the Lord. So giving is an offering to the Lord. Giving says thank you to God. If you don't give, you are thankless. That's the point of the passage. If, if you don't give, you are thankless. He says, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission. Do you know how, many, how much we've glorified God because of other people submitting to invest in us? Like over and over and over again, when you look at this playground, that was an investment of a guy that I saw in a parking lot one day that we were praying about a playground. He says, yo, do y'all want a playground? I was like, I don't even know you. He says, Lord just led me to do a playground. You know, people are always telling you, you know, just saying stuff, just saying some old wild stuff to you as a pastor. You're like, all right, whatever. Next thing I know, he calls the office and he drives up here with his staff from Texas. See, y'all don't know that part, do you? He drove up here from Texas with his staff, took off from his normal business as a, as a giving mechanism. He's saying, I'm going to shut my business down where I don't make money during this time. Do y'all understand? See, the business owners know what I'm saying. The people who got to work to make money. Okay. He shut it down for like, a, like four days. They came in. He would, I tried to give. I said, can I take y'all to lunch? Can I get y'all some pizza? Can I get y'all some cheese? He said, no because I want this to be a full gift to the Lord. 
And so I can go, I, I got so many epiphany stories. Um, what God has been generous. Now it's time for us to invest back into this and invest in what God has called us to do in light of what Christ, in, in Christ Jesus, Christ has already done for us. And so my prayer is, is that we would overflow with resources to be able to impact gospel ministry long-term. We met with the Woke Church Think Tank, Interdisciplinary Think Tank the other day. And I'm excited about all that's coming out of there with everyone that's planning and helping with that. And we wanna utilize the resources that you give as common ground. Somebody say common ground. Common ground for the gospel. So that as we use the bandwidth computer lab, we develop common ground. Um, 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 you, you never know, uh, 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 Ruth sewing ministry may turn into a Harris Tweed ministry. You know what I'm saying? You understand? And they expansively make all types of wools and teach people textile development. I mean, you don't know what the Lord going to do. But resource things because it develops common ground and why they're sewing and why we're teaching people how to code with sharing the goodness of Jesus Christ with them. And it'll be because you're giving and then when you see them get saved and then they're over there being baptized and then up here coming members of the body, guess what'll happen in your heart? Your heart will overflow with thanksgiving because you see the boomerang effect of your investment. So let's go before the Lord. We're thankful and, um, and just thankful for the Lord for his investment. Thank you for those who give. And let's continue to do what God has called us to do to make effective and effectual impact on the lives of people. Father, we thank you for the glory of the gospel that motivates us. Christ's death on the cross motivates us to give. Giving is not a manipulative tactic. It is a disposition of the heart where you want to. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, as you wrestled with how you were going to give, you ultimately said, not my will, but thy will be done. <clears throat> and when you did that, you, 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 you despised the shame. You didn't let the shame of what the cross represented get in the way of you removing the shame through your death off of us, through us believing and going from spiritual death to spiritual life. And Jesus, ultimately, all of us who believe are your harvest. We, we're your harvest. Um, every time someone meets Jesus, over the last few weeks, several, several, several people have met Jesus through our gatherings, and we're thankful for that. And they, they, they are a harvest of your death, Lord God. Your death was like a seed. Your burial, your body was like a seed sprouting up on the third day and leading many to glory. Maybe you're here today and you're one of those seeds that Christ sprouted up to redeem. On the cross, Jesus Christ paid for your sins and was raised on the third day. Anyone wants to put their confidence in Jesus? Anyone? Anyone says, yes, I want to say yes to Jesus, what he's done. I see that hand, brother. Come on up. Come on up. We want to talk to you. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Anyone else wants to put their confidence in Jesus Christ? Anyone? Anyone want to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ? Saying yes, I want to say yes to him. Yes to his will. Slip your hand in the air. We'd love to chop it up with you a little bit to talk to you about the goodness of this God who takes people from spiritual death to spiritual life by grace alone through him. Amen. Well, we are excited. The Bible says that 
uh, 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 legions of angels, 12,000 angels, if not more, rejoice over one soul. And right now, they are rejoicing right now because of this soul. God, I pray for this brother who is now making a profession of faith in Jesus Christ to say he wants to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. And God, I pray for him and pray for his strength that he would trust in you, believe in you, and that we would do what's necessary to help usher him from already from spiritual death to spiritual life, but then from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. We thank you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Y'all should give God a shout of praise. Amen.